0: Today's Triangle Sports Take. We got a lot to talk about. A lot is going on right now. Uh, we got the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Most of you know me and Cody are diehard Braves fans, so we are happy they're in the World Series, hoping they win it all. Uh, we've also got uh, college football is in full swing, kind of near the second half of the season now. And college basketball is actually right around the corner, believe it or not, just a few weeks away. Unfortunately, Cody could not be on with us today. I got Mitchell joining by phone, and then we do have um, a special guest, Zach Moran, who will be joining us later to talk about some college football. He's a big Georgia fan. They're number one in the country, looking good right now. So uh, yeah, we've got got a lot to get to. We'll kind of start with the World Series. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't start with the quotes since we don't have Cody here. He is the quote man. But yeah, just wanted to touch on the World Series real quick just because the Braves are in it. Like I mentioned, me and Cody are Braves fans. It's the first time they're in the World Series since 1999. So, I mean, I was born in 1996. I don't remember 1999 at all. So obviously I don't remember that World Series. So basically this is the first time uh, the Braves are in the World Series as far as I'm concerned, at least that I've been able to watch. Uh, They won game one the other night. We are recording this on wednesday october 27th so game two um is tonight so i'm hoping they can uh take a 2-0 series lead but yeah me and cody were actually um texting about it the other night i wish he was on right now so me and him could kind of talk about it a little bit but unfortunately he couldn't be here today but uh, me and him were actually texting about it last night and the braves were looking good and i was you know being all positive and everything and he was getting on me he was like no you can't be positive you gotta be negative you can't jinx the team and everything so I guess that's kind of me and Cody's strategy going forward throughout this World Series is I'm gonna be positive when we're doing something good. Cody's gonna be negative. We're gonna balance each other out that way. Okay. Hopefully that brings the Braves a World Championship. If it does, uh, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna be very happy. So uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully they can keep up the good playing they have. Yeah. Go ahead. What Michael. was it last night? It
1: was it was six to two, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, six to two. They actually first battered the game in a home run. So they took the lead, one oh, wow. nothing. They were up five nothing at one point. I mean, it, honestly, it wasn't like that stressful of a game because they had the lead the whole time. The Astros never really threatened that much, so yeah. it, it almost seemed a little too good to be true. To where I think like something's probably gonna go wrong tonight, but yeah. I, I guess we'll wait and see. Well, um, the
1: Astros—they uh, must not be stealing signs this year. They yeah. <laughs>
0: They can stay in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Now that they can't steal signs, they, they weren't doing too good last night. So we'll see. They might have to step their cheating up a little bit if they want to win game two tonight. Yeah, um, and for you guys listening at home, I'm, I'm not a big baseball fan. I, I
1: do like to uh, you know watch the World Series, and I've got a, a few teams that I somewhat keep up with. A kind have of kind of a Giants fan because my family lives there, um, but I could – definitely get behind seeing the Braves win one. So definitely hoping that they pull it out and uh, hoping that the series isn't too interesting.
0: Okay. So the next thing we were going to talk about, uh, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, college basketball is starting soon. Uh, We can't get Cody's take on, on NC state and what their season is going to look like. I really don't know much about what they're going to look like coming up, but, uh, you can get uh, kind of me and Mitchell's, uh, I guess, analysis and predictions and what we think is going to go on. Um, but before we do that, Mitchell, I, I think this is going to be kind of a, a weird year of college basketball in the triangle. I, I'm kind of calling it like a, a transition year because yeah. the first year ever – or first time in 17, 18 years, something like that, that Carolina's not going to have Roy Williams. You know, we're going to have Hubert Davis first year uh, – for him being the head coach, and then the last year for Coach K being the uh, the coach at Duke for you know what the past forty years or yeah. something like that. So it's it's going to be probably one of those years we look back on as kind of a transition period. So that's that's going to be a little bit weird, a little bit getting used to. But yeah, I'll I'll kind of start off with uh, with Carolina. Um Just kind of wanted to go through a few a few players, just kind of get my thoughts on a few of the players. Get my thoughts on kind of what I'm expecting um, from this season so I guess I'll start with um with the lone uh, four-year senior on the team I don't we have a couple transfers so he may not be the only actual senior but he is the only guy that's been there the f- past four years and that's leaky black um he believe it or not came in the same class as Kobe white and this year a little even though they've been gone a couple years now they're both one and dones but leaky has stuck around for four years and I was kind of thinking the other day everything that he's been through. You know, his freshman year, uh, like I mentioned, I was the team with Kobe White on it. it. Had you know Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, and that was a that was a really good team. That was a number one seed, uh, tied for first in the ACC. His uh, his sophomore year was that year that Carolina was really really bad and had a losing record, and you know it was uh, the only only time Roy Williams has ever had a losing record. So you know that was bad. Uh, when, um, and then of course he had last year, which was. Uh, Roy's last year, and then you know the COVID year, which was just really really weird, with barely any fans in the stands, and you know playing this silly tournament in the, in the bubble. So, um, and then you know he's gonna have his senior year. Hubert Davis's first year. So Le- Leaky Black's been through a, kind of some weird years at Carolinas as far as um, the first three years he's been through, and this last year that he's about to go through. So I don't really know what to expect from him. He's he's kind of been inconsistent most of most of the years, but I'm hoping he can you know provide some senior leadership kind of be a good defender distribute the ball that kind of thing um so he's definitely someone to watch uh a few other guys to mention is uh some other returning players armando baycott caleb love rj davis uh Kerwin walton uh baycott especially i mean he was someone who his freshman year didn't play that good but last year i thought he stepped up and played pretty well so i'm hoping hoping he uh you know continues to step up and take his game to another level uh the other three guys three guards who were all freshmen last year who i think they'll uh i think you know you can count on at least two of those three other guys stepping up and playing pretty good this year um so you know there's some ones to watch as well and then uh carolina does have actually quite a few transfers i mean that's just kind of the state of college basketball right now with the transfer portal how it is you know they they lost a few guys to the transfer portal. They got a few guys. Um, you know, some of the guys they got, they got Dawson Garcia, Justin McCoy, and um, Brady Manick. And really, these guys are all similar kind of in size, I guess, and the fact that they're all around like, you know, 6'8, 6'9, 6'10, something like that. And um, I know Manic and Garcia are supposed to be good three-point shooters. They're going to be kind of like some stretch four kind of guys, kind of how Luke May was, where they can kind of play inside a little bit also come out and shoot some threes. So um, that, that'll be kind of exciting. You know, Carolina doesn't have a ton of stretch fours the past few years, so we'll see how those guys um, are able to kind of adjust to the offensive play. I'm hoping they're Hoping it'll be kind of like a Luke May situation where they can rebound the ball good and shoot from the perimeter pretty well. And then you know, as far as uh, freshmen coming in, really the only two I've heard of you know heard of they're supposed to be pretty good and everything is uh, Demarco Dunn and Dontrez Styles. They're both you know shooting guard, small forward type of guys. So I think they're supposed to be pretty good at kind of you know slashing to the basket and you know shooting some threes also. Um, Really, when I look at this lineup and I kind of look at you know how last season was and carrying into this season, I think this is a year where I, I just have a lot of uncertainty about the team. Like I don't know, they could be really good, they could be really bad, but most likely they're gonna be somewhere in between that. It's also hard to kind of predict how they're going to be since this is, you know, like I mentioned Hubert Davis's first year ever as the head coach. Like I don't know, he could do a really good job, he could not do a really good job. I uh, just really have no idea, nothing to really go off of there. I think I saw that in the AP poll they had them uh, preseason ranked nineteenth, which uh, I think that sounds appropriate. I feel like you know this could be a team that's in the top twenty-five, but you know they're probably not going to be like top five or top ten. You know, probably not that good. I think they may hang around kind of the the uh, back of the top twenty-five poll most of the year, so we'll see. Um, I, I'll be happy if you know they can stay in the top 25 and really stay in the top four in the ACC. If they can do that all year long, um, you know, that that'll definitely make me happy. I would, I would love for, um, you know, them to make it to the final four or something like that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I would also love if they could, you know, sweep Duke like they did last year. But I feel like the way this rivalry goes, you're probably not going to sweep them two years in a row. So, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with a split. Um, But, yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on Carolina, really just more than anything. i I have no idea how the season's are going to go. And, and I was kind of thinking of, you know, what my feelings were going into this year. And there, there's a part of me that's like really excited and a part of me that's not excited, which kind of sounds weird. But the, the way I was thinking about it was I, I think I'm pretty excited because, you know, I couldn't go to any games last year because of COVID. So I'm excited to kind of, you know, hopefully get back in the Smith Center and catch a few games this year. Um, you know, really miss not being able to go there last year at all. And then, I, I guess the the part of me that's not excited, I guess, is just the fact that you know it, it's going to be weird not seeing Roy Williams on the sideline. I'm not really sure that I'm going to like that much. I mean, I am excited about Hubert Davis and seeing what he does, but I, I think the uh, the whole thing where missing Roy Williams kind of outweighs that. But it's uh, I guess a year of mixed feelings, and a year of not really sure what's going to happen. So. Um, I don't know. That, that's kind of my two cents on Carolina. Mitchell, what do you got on Duke? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, definitely how Hubert Davis does. And um, I'm sure that he won't be expected to, you know, come in right away and take him up to the, in the top five. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, but as far as Duke basketball goes this year, it is the last ride for Coach K. Um, can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, ever since I started watching. Duke basketball in 2001, uh, good year to start. But uh, <laughs> Coach K has always been on the sidelines, so you know it'll be it'll be weird to have a new coach. But um, John Shire has done really, really well in recruiting, and I think recruiting is the first step to being a good basketball coach. So I think I think Duke's going to be okay. Um, I mean, it, you know, it may may take a few years, but I'm excited to see what John Shire does after Coach K is out. But as far as this season goes, um, definitely excited about this team. Um, I don't, I don't think that they're quite as uh, powerful as some of the teams in years past, specifically like the the Zion and RJ team. That team was probably maybe the Duke, the best Duke basketball team I've ever seen. And even though they didn't make it all the way to the championship, um, but as far as this team goes, I think they've got some great players. Um, Definitely looking forward to seeing Mark Williams come back in the center on um, Big Guy 7 1. Looking forward to seeing what he does. He finished the year great last year. He was probably one of our most consistent scorers. So looking forward to seeing how he pairs with uh, Paulo Banchero. Banchero, I think he was like in the top, I think he's number two recruit by SPN. Some people are even projecting him to be the best player out of the class but um you know he's a, a tall guy tall forward um can play down low but he actually also has a jump shot um i'm not sure exactly how tall he is but i think he's pushing seven foot he's like about six tenths, six eleven um super tall guy quick uh can shoot the ball can handle the ball i think he's going to be a great player for duke probably their best player of the year if i had to be, if i had to guess um AJ Griffin, another freshman coming in. He's uh he's actually coming off a small knee injury. He's supposed to be pretty good. Um, he's you know, an evasive, evasive guy, um, forward. Uh, he was supposed to be the you know the second hand guy to Paolo, um, and should still be as he is supposed to be playing again in the next couple of weeks. I think this week he started back Doing a little bit of ball handling and stuff, not fully back in practice, but um, I think he should be good to go. And then I also heard uh, well another freshman this year, freshman guard Trevor Keels. I heard that he's actually been looking really good in practice and uh, in some of the scrimmages. Duke actually played Villanova this past weekend in a a closed scrimmage, so no uh, no streams, no fans, or you know, anything like that. But from just stuff i've heard from uh, the team and then highlights they had like a five four or five minute highlight reel so i was able to kind of get a taste of what the team would look like um he looked really good so looking forward to seeing what he can do at the guard spot um you know jeremy roach another guy that he can handle the ball for sure looking forward to see um, you know what he can do this year um, and then Wendell Moore, the junior, coming back again. He's been kind of an inconsistent player for Duke. You know, sometimes he can he can really light it up. He can drop 20, 30 points, a bunch of assists, rebounds within the next night. You know, he might have an off night, go like two for 10, score like four, four or five points. So um, I, I think he's going to be a lot better this year just because he knows he's the leader. Um, he's probably the most experienced guy on the team, even though he's not a senior. Uh, the other se- the senior, lone senior that's probably going to get playing time is Joey Baker. Um, I really hope that this year he can actually consistently knock down shots. When when Joey Baker's on, he's a great player. Um, definitely hitting down the outside shot, hand on the ball, getting into the lane, pass. He can do that when when he's um, when he's at his best, and I hope he's at his best this year. We'll see. Um, definitely last year with COVID. I'm sure the, uh, the training and practice is kind of kind of limited, so that may have had some impact, but we'll see how he does this year. Another, another guy that I'm actually very excited about, based off the highlights that I saw from the Villanova game, is Theo John. He's a forward transfer. Um, it'll be his probably his only year at Duke, but he actually looked really, really good in the scrimmages. He's a big, strong guy, um, got some gains on him can play down low he can shoot the ball is evasive um i'm really excited to see him play and i think he could be a key guy for duke this year but as far as that goes i think those are the only the only eight players that i can see really getting playing time for duke um they've got a lot of a couple not a lot a couple other players that i just don't think they're going to see the
2: field so their court <laughs> uh, so i don't think duke's going to be super deep this year
1: you know in years past they've They've played nine. They've played ten sometimes, but I think this year Duke's strength is going to be that their their best guys are just going to be really good, um, hopefully. But uh, but yeah, that's that's what I got on the Blue Devils. Um, definitely definitely excited for the season to kick off in a couple weeks. Seeing how Coach K does in his last season, um, I think it's a little optimistic to expect a a, uh, a championship. Uh, but <laughs> but I would definitely like to see him make a run. So yeah, that's that's what I have got.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know Duke, for the past, I don't know, eight years or so, they always have a really, really, really strong freshman class, and I feel like this year they do have a few uh, key veteran guys that may help kind of balance that out a little bit. Now, Mitchell, I do have one question for you to end this segment. Okay. Um, it, it's one I have to ask. Now, I don't think this is going to happen. I really don't, but. Yeah. So, last year, you know, Duke had a rough season. They didn't make it to the tournament. If, and again, I don't think this will happen, if that happens again, do you think Coach K says, you know what, screw that, I'm not going out like this, I'm coming back for one more year? Or do you, do you think he would still retire if that happened?
1: Um, well, I think that to answer your question, I think yes. But I also think no, because they've already announced the next head coach. I would say that if they didn't announce John Shire as the next head coach and they kind of left that up in the air, then I could see yes, Coach K coming back for one more season, kind of to finish it off on a high note. that—that's a good question, and it's kind of got me thinking. I just don't see—I don't see him taking away the the head coaching spot for from John Shire for another year after he's already been announced. Um, you know, because over the summer they did a like a, a farewell um, like farewell speech uh coach k was talking into anna cameron and you know a bunch of fans players were there uh and the same thing for john shire coming in as the next head coach he he also did a speech and i just don't see them going back on that and you know coach k saying hey i'm back for one more year but then again if they didn't announce it i could see that happening that's a good question
0: <laughs> yeah that, that is a good point i guess the fact that they already announced who the next coach is going to be, I guess, you know, that probably wouldn't happen, but yeah, that was just something I thought about that I thought was kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, college basketball, just a few weeks away should be, uh, entertaining year to say the least, I would say. Oh, definitely. All right, everyone. So now we welcome onto the podcast, uh, for the first time in a little while, actually a very special guest friend of the program. He's actually the, uh, 2020 friend of the program award and he is nominated for the 2021 friend of the program award uh it is mr zach moran zach how are you doing today
2: doing pretty good thanks for having me i believe uh, i also won zach of the year award for like two years in a row is that correct
0: for, probably so <laughs> that does sound like something you would win um <laughs> Yeah, so so we wanted to get you on here, you know, talk a little college football, especially because, uh, you know, your, your Georgia Bulldogs are looking pretty good. They're right now at least looking like the best team in the country. Um, do you have any any thoughts on why they might be number one right now and kind of what they're going to look like going forward? I mean, I want to say we've had a tough schedule so far. You know, we had Clemson starting out. Um, Clemson obviously turned out to be kind of a
2: bust. Uh, I like to think that we broke Clemson. You know, you get got your quarterback's first game, we sack them seven times. you got your running back's first game, we get 22 yards. Um, but honestly, man, it really comes down to our defense. In the past, Georgia's kind of been okay on defense. Um, we've been overrated, honestly, for the past few years on defense. But this year, we got some really, really good players. Um, most notably, Jordan, uh, you know, our, our, our D-line. Uh, I don't know why his name is Jason right now. Jordan, Jordan Davis, I don't, I don't know why that name escaped me, but, you know, he's eight. Uh, like, they say 340, I'm going to put him more at, like, 360, he's a, he's a big guy, <laughs> but, big I mean, guy. like, we, we, when you see him, it's just, it's like, you know, Mitch and I, we went and saw Zion play when he was at Duke, um, in the ACC tournament, and, like, when he, you can see his presence, like, you could feel the ground shake when he came out,
0: and it's kind of a similar feeling when Jordan Davis walks out onto the field. Yeah, that, that's crazy, um, yeah, so I know Georgia, you know, they beat Clemson. That was a little bit of a bust. They um, they don't play out. Al- – they're not scheduled to play Alabama, right? But they'll probably play them in the SEC Championship. Is that right?
2: Right, yeah. We, we play Alabama rarely. Um, you know, we kind of switch off with SEC West teams we play. We played them last year during regular season. But um, more than likely, SEC Championship. And that's, that's – that's, I mean, it's going to be a tough one doing through.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of think – you know, the, as good as georgia has been playing and the fact that it's a 14 college football playoff, I think if they lose one game, they'd still probably get in. Uh, do you think that, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on who they lose to if they do. lose. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, so, uh, the upcoming games for Georgia, Florida, um, Mizzou, Tennessee, um, Charleston Southern and Georgia tech can't lose any of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, those, I mean, maybe Florida, Florida's is going to be the toughest on paper out of those. Um, but I think I think if we lose to Bama, and Bama is either second or third in the playoff poll, we'd probably still slip in a fourth. But I, I hope I hope it doesn't happen.
0: Right, right. I got you. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think they probably should win all those. But if they, if they lose to Alabama, and that's their only loss. I think they still get in. But that will definitely be a good game when uh, Georgia and Alabama play. And who knows, maybe we'll see them play twice, uh, as crazy as this year has been.
2: Um, oh man, I hope not. I mean, I'm all for <laughs> SEC, but I like to. I like for Alabama not to be in the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati? Are they going to be in the playoff?
2: Listen, man, Cincinnati's got to do more to impress me. Like, I get they—they've had a few tough opponents. They're undefeated. Um, they're one of the few undefeated teams right now. I believe it's like Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Michigan, and maybe I'm missing a few. But I mean, they're still American Conference. I know they're going to Big Twelve um, soon. But right now, they got to impress you more. You've got to beat by more than seven um, to secure a spot, in my opinion. Um, but, of course, I don't want to say that and then lose them in the playoffs. But I think I think if they continue to dominate, they deserve a spot. Um, right now, I think two is a little high for them. I would put them maybe three or four.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I think if they keep dominating, they'll probably find their way in there. and that, That'll be pretty cool to kind of – have a new team shake up the top four if they're able to do that. Um, it would,
2: man. But the, I mean, the colors are all going to be the same. I know. I know you yeah. guys listen to the PNT, and uh, yeah, all black and red.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It will be kind of the same colors, I guess. Yeah. So, so kind of switching gears to, I guess, more of the local teams. Uh, as far as Carolina goes, I mean, I don't really know. These next three games are going to be tough. They play Notre Dame. Uh, Wake Forest and Pitt, which are all actually ranked teams. We, we got to give a shout out to Wake Forest. They're seven and zero, highest ranked team in the ACC right now since Clemson starts this year. That, that's pretty crazy. Listen, so. yeah. yeah. mean, dude, I think Wake Forest is killing it. Um, you know, I think I still think UNC
2: is a solid team. You know, I think uh, if you don't mind me saying, they played kind of under expectations this season, but I still think they're a very, very solid team. Um, I think
0: that would be a good game. Yeah, they they definitely have gone a little under expectations, but yeah, we got Notre Dame up next. That's going to be tough. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, all I'm hoping for the Notre Dame game is that Sam Howell comes out alive and not injured because as bad as our offensive line is and as good as Notre Dame's uh, defensive line usually is, he's probably going to get hit a lot. And (laughs) Basically, Sam Howell is our whole team this year. Without him, I don't know where we would be, so a stellar, just, he's a stellar yeah I'm just hoping he comes out of that one you know healthy and able to play the rest of the year if we can uh, if we can do that I'll kind of consider that a moral victory because um, <laughs> I'm not really expecting to win that game but who knows maybe they'll surprise me maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll you know turn things around a little bit starting this Saturday um what do you think
2: the key to the game is going to be do you think it's going to be Sam Howell being 100 percent I' see it come
0: on top. Honestly, I think the key to the game is number one, the offensive line has to protect him better. I think if they can protect him. You know, he can have a big time game and have a few touchdowns. We can put some points on the board. And then the defense has to be better. They've kind of been like, you know, bend, don't break, where they might get a lucky turnover here and there to stop someone, but I don't know if they'll be able to do that much against Notre Dame. So I think those are the two key factors. If an O line can play, Good, give them some protection, and the defense can, you know, get some stops, get some three-and-outs. Uh, I think that definitely gives us a decent chance of winning that one.
2: Carson, I do want to ask you a question. Sure. So, I think ACC teams thrive when they have a short, white, speedy guy on their team. You know, we saw it with Slitter, uh, Hunter Renfro. Does Carolina have that this year? Do they have, like, a little fast, like, white boy that can carry the ball up and down the field?
0: That, or is that what they're missing? That's actually a very good point. Um, I don't think that they do. So maybe that's who Mac Brown needs to bring in next year, just go find a speedy little white guy, you know, kind of a similar line switcher and they might be all set. ACC teams
2: thrive with that white boy. I don't know what it is, but they do.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I kind of touched on the local teams. I know NC State lost to Miami this past week, so that hurts their uh, ACC championship hopes a little bit. But if they can uh, – Keep winning, and if they can beat Wake Forest, they still you know, might find themselves in the ACC championship game. That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, and then, so Mitchell, uh, about Duke, one thing I wanted to ask you is, and this is probably what everyone is asking Duke football right now, is Cliff on the hot seat, and is this the end, or is he coming back next year?
1: You know what? I... <laughs> it's funny that you ask that because, I, uh, I didn't get to watch the Duke game last weekend, but I was keeping up with the score. Um, and they seriously lost, what was it, 48 to 0?
0: Yeah, oh, like, that's right. Yeah, against Virginia. It was something like, like that. You,
1: I mean, Duke's had a down year, and, you know, it's okay to get a down year, but it's, it's like it's, I'll use a soccer analogy. It's one thing to lose a game in the Premier League 1 0 or 2 0, but when you lose 7 0, that's just like you didn't even show up you didn't get off the bus the same thing for cutquist duke team this year they're repeatedly not getting off the bus um i don't you know i don't care if you've won a national championship which he obviously has not done um i don't care if you you've made it to a bowl game in the past which he has done but he like He's gonna turn the season around. If if the season goes the same way that it's looking like it's gonna be going, I think he's out. Like you, you can't you can't get absolutely humiliated and expect to continue being the coach of the Duke football program. Um, Duke, you know, obviously a prestigious school, not necessarily a football school, but when you when you coach a Duke team, there are certain expectations that are, you know, that, that are had, and fans aren't going to go to a game when their team loses 48-0, to and I think that that's inexcusable. Um, if, if I was the athletic director of Duke, I would watch every single game for the rest of the season, and if there is another humiliating loss, I would fire Cutcliffe on the spot. Um, i think you know he's done some good things for duke in the past um he kind of you know he kind of built up the program a little bit because back in the day duke football was pretty much nothing um you know he took him to some bowls um they've they've never been a, a super solid team but they've, they've snuck in the top 25 a few times um but i just you know i think i think one more humiliating loss and he's got to go um, and then you you look at the record at the end of the season and if they don't win a couple more games, like I think he's done. What do you guys think? Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead, i go agree. I agree. You know, I don't. I don't really have any super reliance to any of the local teams here. Um,
2: but I would say I probably lean more towards Duke just because I lived with Mitchell for so long. You know, watched their games, and it, it's, it is embarrassing. You know, I would. I would like to see Duke do better. I, would love for the teams around here to be extremely competitive. I think that'd be more interesting of me um, you know, living here and watching these games. But I like I think I heard a radio the other day there's it's like twelve dollars for a parking and a dupe ticket, you know, and I think that might be a whole family. It was like bring the whole car, you get twelve dollars and you all get to the <laughs> game. Like that's that's, that's it's, <laughs> it's it's D one college football. You know what
1: I'm talking about? Like you can't even go to a UNC Charlotte game for twelve dollars.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a power five school. You know, so I, I I agree with Mitchell. I think I don't know what Duke needs
0: to do, but they definitely need to make some changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another question for you, Mitchell. I, I just looked at uh, Duke's schedule real quick. So they have five games left, all against ACC teams. What do you think? Uh, what do you think their record has to be in those remaining five games for Cutcliffe to uh, save his job? I think I think if they don't
1: win two games. He one hundred percent needs to go. I mean, okay, if if they lose if they lose four out of five games but the score is close, like it, it's it's back to the soccer analogy thing again. It's like how bad did you get beat? If you lose on a buzzer beater, you know, it's fine. We'll 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 get up and we'll we'll move to the next one because our team still has confidence. We just didn't close the game out. Um, but when you're losing, you know, when you're losing thirty to three or anything like that, then I think he's done. Um, you know, so I, I think it really just mostly depends on the scoreline, but I would like to at least see them win at least two games. Um, I think if they win three games, they don't have any embarrassing losses, then I think that they can just count the season as an L and move on to the next year. Um, and I think Duke has three wins right now, right? So if they if they were to win three games, then they would potentially still get to a bowl. Um but can yeah.
2: Question. Yeah. Which one's a lot? So I'm looking at the schedule right now. You got Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Louisville, and then Miami. Which one of those five are you more confident in? Which will, which one are you gonna put your money down on? Yeah, I mean they're
1: definitely they're definitely not gonna beat Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're definitely gonna get beat by Wake Forest. There's Pittsburgh, they're probably gonna get beat. Um yeah. Virginia Tech I think that they should win that game, um, or I think that that should be a competitive game. I like that. Yeah. Honestly, really, the same for all of the, their last three games. I mean, I kind of expect them to lose to Wake Forest and
2: Pittsburgh, but I think that they have to compete in Virginia Tech, Louisville, and Miami for Cutcliffe to stay there, and probably needs to lose,
1: probably needs to win two of those. But if he wins. Let's say he wins one, and then they lose on like a field goal or a last second or last you know last couple minutes drive touchdown. I think he stays. I I hate I hate that it's that tight, but you just can't get embarrassed that bad and you know expect to expect to keep your job.
0: Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that too. So that'll be something to watch. See if Cutcliffe can save his job. He's he's been there a little while actually. Um, He has. The
1: Duke, the Duke Athletic program, they don't like to change their coaches around that
0: much. Um, so I'd, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, so any any last thoughts, anything else you guys want to touch on before we end it? Your dogs. Your dogs, <laughs> all right, yeah. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Georgia win it all. I mean, I'd rather them win it all than Alabama, so I'd, I'd definitely pull for them over the tide.
2: Well, listen, this is a question somebody asked me earlier, and I mean, they got it from PNT. But um, they asked me, would you rather have Braves win the World Series or Georgia win the national championship? We'll see. And, you know, without hesitation, go Dogs win a national championship. It's been 21 years. I'm tired of hearing it from Florida fans. I'm tired of hearing it from everybody. Um, I mean, I want the Braves to do well. I want them to break our curse. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, between Braves and Falcons, that's more of a toss-up for me personally. Um, But if anybody was listening to that PNT podcast, listening to this one, they're wondering what a true dog fan would say, absolutely, go (laughs) (laughs)
0: dogs! Yeah, yeah. So Uh, I I knew you'd say that, and I would definitely say the Braves, obviously, since I'm not even a Georgia fan. But, yeah, um, I heard them (laughs) talking about that, too. And they made an interesting point where they said, you know, there's kind of this whole notion around like a – Atlanta or like a Georgia curse since like one of their there teams is. hasn't won a championship in so long. So the last yeah, that. time that one of the local teams won a championship was the Braves winning the World Series in 1995. And then, I'm not gonna lie. yeah, like wow. none of us have even been alive yeah. for that. And they also yeah. said that Atlanta hosted the Olympics in 1996. So it's almost like the Olympic curse. It's like they decided to host the Olympics and then all their teams were cursed. Yeah. So I don't know if there's uh, anything in that. I just thought that was an interesting fact
2: so I was I was in my mom's stomach at the Olympics I guess I don't know I don't know the anatomy but my mom was pregnant with me so basically I went to the Olympics <laughs>
0: there
2: you go hey, that's pretty cool
0: you can put that on your resume you went to the 1996 listen, Olympics listen man Braves can win all this year Dogs can win all this year the Falcons there's absolutely zero chance they're going to win anything this year um, yeah, that
2: will be the best case scenario for me
0: yeah yeah That'll, uh, I personally hope the Braves break that curse, but, hey, hopefully you know Georgia can win the championship too and they can uh, hey, really break the, the curse Braves, by going two for if two. The Braves
2: break, yeah, if the Braves break it, Georgia has a better chance of winning the national
0: that, championship. That's true. They would have all the pressure off of them. That's a good point. Hey, there you go. Right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, hey, good stuff. Zach, we're glad we could have you on. Um, hopefully we can have you on again in the near future.
2: Hey, pleasure as always, boys. Thank you so much.